We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. Mile high hello, everybody in Broncos country. Welcome into another episode of the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. I am your host, Lance Sanderson, and joining me as per usual is my good friend and colleague. He is Mile High Huddle senior NFL draft analyst and throwing on a North Carolina uh, Tar Heels hat right now. Uh, my good friend and colleague, uh, Eric Trickle. Dude, the draft right around the corner next week. Hopefully, we're going to see Luke Poglaze on the show. Obviously, we're throwing out all of our scouting reports, just kind of staying busy and um, behind the eight ball for the most part. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good. I was just you know doing the calculations of it before we went live a little bit. And we have gotten 130 reports up on players. And after tonight, it'll shoot up to 138 between tonight and over, you know, during the morning out of over 370 players that we're going to be getting on. So um, it's just a uh, been a lot of work for myself, you know, having to, you know, kind of copy edit yours and everything and uh, getting to read your takes on some of these guys as well has been interesting, even though I don't always agree, but it's been, a, it's, a, it's a long process as it is every year. And I'm excited for this year. I'm, I'm excited with how much we're looking at getting done compared to previous years and just absolutely shattering the record that we had with the amount of prospects we've been able to get a report on. Yeah, it's it's always nice to be able to look and we have a spreadsheet, you know, and it has the the work schedule for me, which is not nearly as much as the work schedule for Eric. And to to just see every single day that thing dwindle down over and over and over again. I've been doing, you know, one a day trying to get him to Eric for him to edit and whatnot. And Eric's been doing like five a day. It seems like he's got so much going on. It's just insane to watch that thing just disappear for the most part. Hopefully you guys are enjoying all that. Make sure you guys head on over to milehighhuddle.com. Up on the top part of the screen, there's a drop-down menu. If it says draft on that. Click on that. You're going to find every single one of our scouting reports. Most of them have um, – there's going to be a lot that have five players. Most of them have two players on there. Get kind of an idea about, what, 367, I believe is what you said, total players that we're going to put in reports on this season. So got a long way to go yet. There's still some time to get uh, some more players we're working on. Um I know we're going to probably have an, an opportunity to discuss a couple of these guys here in the uh, 
in the later rounds for sure. So with that, guys, welcome in. Thank you all so much for joining us here on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. We've got CIA shouting us out from Greeley, Colorado. Mike S. in the house. David Yunkin, long time no see, David. It's good to see you back in the chat, man. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, Conga Hydra, uh, Ernie Mays in the house. We've got uh, Aki Dragon in here, Gyla Maples. Um, we've got Michael Ronquillo jumping in here with a super chat. Well, I guess dr dropped some stars on Facebook here saying, good evening, Lance and Eric on the Dove Valley Deep Divers. Go Broncos and buck them. Thank you, Michael, for joining us, man. We definitely appreciate you. Hopefully you guys are enjoying your wonderful Friday night, and hopefully you guys had a really good week. Today, guys, we got a great show planned out for you. We're going to do our first mock draft of the season. We're going to get you guys' feedback in the comments and try to just work our way through this and then do a deep dive on all these players as we're going along. So, Eric, super excited about this. You ready, man? Yeah, first, I just want to give a quick, uh, make a quick comment. Scott's not with us tonight. Um, he's got stuff going on and everything. So if we miss any stars off of Facebook, we are super sorry for that. Um, we just can't see it when we're doing this. And Scott typically always makes sure and grabs it for us on the back end. So we'll try to grab you, grab them and, you know, double check it when we can. But we both have doing a mock draft. There's a lot that takes our attention away. Um, so apologize in advance if we happen to miss any, but just know that we are always appreciative of all the stars that you guys, um, send our way and all the super chats and just the support in general you guys give us. Now, before we jump into the mock draft, a couple quick comments here. Before we went live, Lance and I, we sat down, took a few minutes before we clicked go live to do a couple matters, uh, behind the scenes with this mock draft. And that is trading down from the Broncos to their first two picks. Um, both 67 and 68 though in the mock draft simulator that we're running it's 68 69 because they still have the forfeited pick from miami um still included in it so we decided to trade those down and here's just real quick this is what we decided to trade them down for we sent 68 to san francisco where we got pick 100 157 and 249 and in total in terms of value at least with my favorite value chart out there which is over the caps it is essentially that we are getting a late fourth round pick, pick number 154 overall in positive value in return for the Broncos by making that trade down. We looked at the board a little bit and there wasn't anybody that we thought was great value at that point in the first place. And just being able to get a couple extra picks in return also was something that uh, we just couldn't pass up. It's something that the Broncos seem to be wanting to do, wanting to add a couple more picks this year, either by trading a player or trading down. And so that was one thing we did. And then trading down from 69, we sent to the New York Giants for pick number 90 and 174 this year while getting a seventh round pick in 2024 as well, um, which overall the value, it's not super great. It's an early seventh round pick about 226 to 27 overall, but that's not counting the value of the fourth or the seventh round pick we get next year, um, just because it's hard to project the value of future picks a little bit. Um, so we will be starting off with um pick 90 that we got from the new york giants with our trade down um in the mock draft and pull this up a little bit and make it look all nice and pretty best we can anyways yeah this is the uh the new draft network simulator guys uh, we have premium access so we have the ability to use this uh 
um, behind the scenes for everybody. So enjoy this. Uh, it should be coming live here in the next couple of days, according to their premium Discord, um, which I'm a member of. So hopefully here within the next week or so, this will be full out of released of beta tests for everybody to take a look at. It's super clean, super easy to use, really fun, really nice to look at as well. So hopefully you guys enjoy this. Eric, what do we got going on here? Um, pick number 90 overall. Well, unfortunately... The guy that I was really hoping would be there, Zach Harrison out of Ohio State, the edge rusher there, he's not on the board. He was the guy I was really hoping that would be there for them. He's one of the guys that if we decided not to trade down, he's probably one of the guys I'm looking at taking with the first two, one of the first two picks. Excellent length, a lot of tools to work with, a lot of traits, good athlete, like just so much that you can sit there and build upon with him. Unfortunately, he's not there. Now, um, Real quick, just grabbing a couple comments here that I wanted to grab. CIA, how would you feel about Byron Young? He's another one of those guys that was I was considering there with the third round in the third round. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. he didn't last much longer for it. I like him. I like him a lot, and I think that he'll probably go early third. And ultimately, like it just was the extra value this year is part of why I went away from that. Darnell Washington being there at 67, we need to take him. Um yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like with Darnell Washington. I just don't think he will be there at 67. You don't see guys with his size and athleticism and blocking ability show up very often. And then addressing this, Buckham Hard. So is this speculation or George Payton leaning away from drafting in the third round? Um, we're doing our mock draft based off of what we will do, um, based off of comments that we seem to, that seems to be like leaking out a little bit out there. And just going off of George Payton's comments, that he made at the ownership meetings talking about how hard it is to trade up with how few picks you have, but trading downs on the table. It was just, we just decided to do it a little bit based off that, but more so based off of the board just wasn't great in our opinions. And we thought the value to trade down was a little bit higher. Yeah. It was, um, it was hard to, it was hard for me to want to trade down from both of them. And like Brian Rhodes comes in, he says, time will tell, but I doubt they would trade out of, out of those third round picks. Maybe one of them. I'd like to keep one of them if we possibly can, but at the same time, this, the value of the board that was there, it, it was, it was not right. In my opinion, um, a lot of the players that we wanted to see uh, that we thought could last to 90 with, we did our first trade down. Uh, they all ended up going off the board. So which is kind of one of those, unfortunate mishaps in in calculation here so and i'm going to see how this looks though and those miscalculations they happen a lot in actual mm -hmm. draft as well a couple mm -hmm. years ago the broncos traded down a few times in the third round back in 2020 they ended up getting quinn miners and baron browning which has seemed to work out for them but the guys they were looking at for trading down that was reported ended up not falling there so it just happens that way I'm in agreement, though. I don't think in actuality the Broncos will trade down from both third-round picks. I think they'll use one pick, probably the first one, and then trade mm -hmm. out of the second one um, is what I think happens. But so much, so many variables there, it's not as black and white as saying they will or won't do this because a lot of it just depends on how the board is going to fall, and it depends on what teams are going to offer. There could be teams that really want a guy who they didn't imagine would fall to be there and make a tremendous offer to go up and get him. Now. Getting to the mock draft, um, edge rusher is one position that I think the Broncos could look at early. Cornerback, finishing up the interior offensive line. I know Sean Payton made a comment about Lloyd Cushenberry continuing being the starter, but mm -hmm. when I listened to the sound of his voice, it, sound, it to me anyways, it seemed like that they weren't super sold on him being the starter. And it's more of a thing of, he's the guy right now, but we're still trying to find somebody else.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, and Eric and I have made it like no bones about it, our opinions on Lloyd Cushenberry. I've mentioned it, I don't know, five or six different times. He's been an abject disaster. A, a position that I think, and I've been really doing a lot of work on the safety class, trying to find some uh potential starting options for the Broncos to replace Kareem Jackson. I like Caden Stearns a lot, but the injury concerns are, are definitely a problem here. Um, interior offensive line is definitely something you have to take a look at, maybe getting another center in there, another guard. Um, and I really think that the corner class needs to be uh, addressed here as well. So um, what do you got in the corner room? Uh, so Garrett Williams from Syracuse coming off of a torn ACL, Darius Rush from South Carolina, who is – really athletic and showed a lot better at the senior bowl than a lot of people really thought he was going to. Um, a, a guy that is really rising up draft boards here over the last couple of weeks, specifically coming out of the senior bowl and the combine. Uh, Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, I just put a scouting report in on him and Cottrell Clark, both of those two guys the other day. So hopefully here that'll come up on milehighhuddle.com as well. Uh, Hodges Tomlinson is super small, so I'm probably out on him. Cottrell Clark, um, I he Twitter searches his name, guys. We don't like that around here. That's not a that's not a good thing. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson, though, is an intriguing name to me. Uh, long man coverage cornerback, uh, fits the scheme, would be another good depth piece to add here. A little bit inconsistent in his tape, but that's a that's a name I have my eyes out for here, Eric. Ty- Tyreek Stevenson from Miami. Um, I I like Tyreek Stevenson, but he's a guy that. If we're going to look his way, I'd rather wait to see if he falls a little bit. If we're looking at a corner mm-hmm. here, I'm looking at Darius Rush. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's plenty of other options here, and we'll get to them here in a second, too, at different positions. Darius Rush, to me, his athleticism, his ability, and Vance Joseph, he loves to play man, which Darius Rush isn't, Rush isn't the most natural to transition to. Mm-hmm. He's much better for a zone coverage scheme. But we know that Vance Joseph, he has a history in zone coverage, and we're not entirely sure what it's going to be in Denver. Is it going to be more man heavy or is it going to be more zone? It could have been a situation where he went to more man in Arizona due to personnel and it's something that he could do this, or it can be kind of, you know, more of a, a, a mixture of it, a, getting a good variation there. 
I also like Darius Rush because if he's not catching on at corner, you can look at him at safety too. He transitions extremely well to being a safety in the NFL. Yeah. He's a reliable tackler. I have a I have a scouting report up on him um, at Milo Huddle. It's one of the two corners, two defensive backs, I think. I think it's he's in an article with Jartavius Martin. Um, Darius Russ is the corner that I would look at here personally. Garrett Williams, to me, it, this is a little bit early for him on my own personal board. But the guy I'm looking at here, I go over to def- interior defensive line. Denver can still use another piece. They lost Deshaun Williams. They haven't re- they haven't made up for that. I know they have Uazarike and Matt Henningsen from last year, but both those guys, I think Matt Henningsen, Matt Henningsen is maxed out as a depth piece, and I think Uazarike will still need to be part of a rotation before competing to start next year. Keanu Benton, he's a guy that he brings good versatility. A lot of people are limiting him as a nose tackle, but he can play up and down the line, and I think he is kind of with his size, his build, and his play style, he is a close to a natural fit for Deshaun Williams um, and can play in – I mean, easily can transition over to the scheme that Vance Joseph wants to play up front. There's enough there as a pass rusher. He's a strong run defender, which is something that the Broncos need to need to work on fixing a little bit and being more consistent on. Keanu Benton is the guy that I would be looking at overall here. It's hard to argue with that, because, and I wish I would have thought about Keanu Benton there for a minute, but there, like he's getting slept on as a pass rusher. I think there's a lot more to unlock with him. Um, And like you said, he can play anywhere from the zero, probably outside to about the four eye technique, maybe a five technique if you're lucky. Um, Good explosiveness, good power in his hands, can two gap a little bit if you need him to. Like really good fit here. I like that as well. Um, What do you have available at the linebacker position, Eric? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely Um, nothing. (laughs) Real quick, I just want to grab this real quick. You giving up on Henningsen? No. No. I'm a huge fan of Henningsen. He was the guy last year when the combine list came out. I was like, why isn't he on it? I was a huge fan of Henningsen. I'm a huge fan of Uwazarike too. It's just that I did a lot on them. And with Henningsen, I didn't see a lot of upside there to be a consistent, like a strong starter in the NFL. I think he has the upside to be a strong rotational piece, that fourth or fifth guy on a defensive line unit that can rotate in and out and be a strong run defender. He's just very limited as a pass rusher where his pass rush is basically his relentless motor like he's not overly athletic or quick it's just a relentless motor for him as a pass rusher not giving up on him huge fan of him it's just he was a what six round pick six round picks turning into starters doesn't happen very often and getting a good rotational piece out of him that's a huge win for that kind of for the draft pick he used on him absolutely and you're also taking a look at with uh Enyoma Awazirike, who we both like as a pass rusher, but as a run defender, he really has a lot to work on there. He doesn't play with great leverage. He doesn't play to his length nearly as much as you want him to. So you got to find an upgrade for both of those guys, a guy that can actually play both in the pass and the run and not just be a specialized down-to-down player. Keanu Benton is that guy. Like he can play in, he can play in run defense. He can play uh, as a, a quality pass rusher, especially on the interior a- attacking the a gaps with that first step explosiveness that he has. <laughs> Eric, I think I'm with you on this. Uh, Benton is definitely a guy that I really like. Tyreek Stevenson, Darius Rush. Um, look, I think those also, are the three that we have. What do we? Should we throw this to the chat here and get a get their opinion on it or? Yeah, give us your opinion, Chad, on this. And part of the thing, too, with Benton for me is this is not a good interior defensive line unit. No. Edge and cornerback, like, those are the two strongest positions in this draft. Defensive Mm -hmm. line, after Keanu Benton, there's not much left here, with especially with what's on the board. Um, So he's the best player at a position of need and one of the best players available overall, um, in my opinion. 
And so it, that's just the way that I think you should go. Well, grabbing this and value I'll, here. You, you got a value yeah. here with Benton. Go ahead and grab yeah. this from Cody. Um, two dollar donation asking what round is Jack Coletto going? Um, Jack Coletto was a guy who I believe the Broncos are bringing in. I believe it was Mike Cliss who kind of mentioned him as a uh, Taysom Hill kind of guy, if I remember correctly. Pulling that up real quick. Um, yeah, his nickname is the Jackhammer. A possible Taysom Hill for it. So nothing against nothing against uh, Mike Cliss or anything like that. But Taysom Hill was an excellent athlete. He could literally be a little bit of everything on offense. Jack Coletto is not nearly the athlete he is. Jack Coletto is going to be a fullback in the NFL. He's not going to be a wildcat quarterback. He's not going to be a tight end. He's a fullback and special teams guy. I don't think he gets drafted. And I think if the Broncos want to pick him up, they'll have a shot with him in undrafted free agency. That's yeah. just that's my opinion on it. Well, and people, people always want to say that he's trying to find his next Taysom Hill. Guys, there's one Taysom Hill. He is a one-of-one one player. Because he has that physicality, he has that that want to desire to just go out and make plays. So to me, like stop trying, stop trying to find the next Taysom Hill. You're not going to get it. the only guy that process, that like could potentially be that guy was Tim Tebow, and he ain't playing football anymore. So <laughs> I'm, I'm all the way out on that. Uh, uh, Keanu Benton, I think, is probably going to be the way that I go. I, we've got a couple of people here. Mike S says he's go the best player available at positions of need. Um, Michael Ronquillo jumping in here uh, saying Benton. Uh, Zachary Gardner jumping in here with the $2 super chat saying, would love to see Cody Malk if, uh, come here if he falls. I'd love that as well, but I think he's going to go in the top 50. I just did his tape the other day. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a top 50 player. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yeah, he wasn't on the board in this mock draft, and I don't think he'll be on the board um, come the actual draft. Never know, though. I mean, there, even though he played tackle in college, the speculation he's going to be moving inside. A lot of teams like him at center um, in particular. So that could see him fall a little bit. Um, and if he falls far enough, then, yeah, I mean, I think he'd be a good fit for them. Um, not as a center, but somebody that you could sit there and try to work with and develop. But Denver is in a, a weird spot with their guard position a little bit. They just got Ben Powers. They have Quinn Miners. You still need somebody as insurance for Quinn Miners, but he seems to be taking the right steps forward with what we saw last year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's just a little weird for going for a guard guy. So and then if, if you're looking at a center for the Broncos this year, it's got to be somebody who can come in and compete right away. And I don't think Malk is the guy who can come in and compete right away this year. Um, and then Facebook user can't tell who I uh, don't know who that is. Appreciate you jumping in. Um, Jared Patterson is a guy that I think you could probably get undrafted. Um, if not, date late, mid-late day three. Mm -hmm. um, he just... I'd, I'd, a lot of I'd be willing to, to take it. 
I'd be willing to like shoot a flyer in the sixth round on Jarrett Patterson, uh, interior offensive lineman from Notre Dame. So, um, let's go with Keanu Benton here, Eric, and then let's move ourselves forward. So, one of the nice things about this uh, draft network mock draft simulator is the if you set it to the fast setting, the picks are instantaneous. So, as soon as you click draft, you're up immediately. So, we don't even have any time to necessarily discuss this anymore. But let's take a look at this board, Eric. I got to go into full screen here and let's see what we have here. Um, wow. Hendon Hooker fell, uh, DeMarvian Overshone fell, uh, Darius Rush and Travis Hodges Tomlinson are still there. We talked about those guys a little bit. Um, can you scroll down on the overall players for me, please? Um, let's see here. We've got Thomas Incombe, Tanner McKee, gross. Um, um, Tyreek Stevenson, Jaron Hall, Catrell Clark, Jamie Robinson. Um, what does the interior offensive line look like? And are we still kind of in the same boat here where everybody's gone? Yeah. Okay. So we can wait around for a little bit to do this. Andrew Voorhees is definitely a value pick here for you. Um, I think that with, obviously he tore his ACL at the, at the combine a couple weeks ago, and there was a lot of speculation of him being a, a top 50 player, if not even cracking the late end of the top round uh, uh, in the first round. So probably around, you know, the 25 to 32 area. Um, so there's some value there. I, I think that that would be an interesting direction to go in. Uh, Antonio Maffi from UCLA, you could probably wait around a little bit for him to fall to you if you wanted to in the fifth round. Um, the cornerback room, I'm really looking at Tyreek Stevenson and Darius Rush, though. Both of those guys fell. And to me, I think Rush fits, but I like Stevenson just a little bit better with the physicality that he brings. Um. Yeah, getting back to getting back to the chat real quick, have asking answer some questions here. Uh Conga Hydra, how huge of a miscalculation was something in this team was a quarterback away from competing for Super Bowls? Um I don't think it was a huge miscalculation. No. I think the issue was just the scheme that ended up being worked on and developed between Hackett and Wilson and with where Hack with where Wilson was in his career just didn't work. And then injuries, of course. I don't think it was a huge miscommunication. Just a slight one that they needed a little bit more, but just other things just impacted it more than anything. Um, and Chase Wilner said, didn't the Broncos have a visit with Overshone? They did. Um, and this is about the range that I would start looking at Overshone. Mm -hmm. I might be willing to risk it because linebacker, not a great class, but it's solid. It's a position that I might be over looking to um, overlook a little bit uh, or being willing to wait on it. No Keely Ringo. He didn't fall. He went before the Broncos were on the clock, even with the third round picks. Um, and just to be clear here, Congo, I'm not saying that the Broncos are going to be competing for Super Bowls this year. It's just to me, it's with where Wilson is in his career, the scheme that he developed with with Hackett. Again, those were issues. Sean Payton can help correct him a little bit, and I think the ship is going to get righted a little bit. I playoffs maybe, but I think they'll at least have a winning record. Super Bowl would be extremely surprising. Zachary Gardner, real quick, with a $5 donation, saying, any boundary corners you want in the third? To be honest, it's kind of a hole. Mathis was good in his fill-in role, but I think we could do better. I'm actually in a little bit of agreement here. I believe that Mathis was solid, but his overall play was given a tremendous boost because of the amount of action he got to see. He, he did improve a little bit as the season went on, but there were still a lot of technical issues with his game. And I am never one to say that you should hand a player a job like ever unless it's like a clear guy who comes in and is a star right away like 
Second year players should never be handed a job outside of that. He shouldn't be handed a job. It should be a cornerback. And we're going to get to corners here because I think at this point, you want to capitalize, even though it's a strong corner class, you want to capitalize off the guys who fell a little bit. I see Darius Rush there. I see, I know his versatility that he can have inside the scheme, being able to play boundary cornerback, even drop mm-hmm. in and play the nickel a little bit and play in at the safety position. Darius Rush is the way I'm going. I like Tyreek Stevenson. I think he fits with what with the man side of things that the Broncos want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, may want to do depending on what Van Joseph is, but I think he, Darius Rush offers you more versatility in the scheme because because Dar- Tyreek Stevenson off coverage is a no no. Playing yes, zone with him, true. his instincts and awareness is is terrible. You have to be a heavy, heavy man coverage defense for Tyreek Stevenson. I just like Rush a little bit more. I, I don't disagree with that, but I think that Tyreek Stevenson brings a little sense of physicality that Rush doesn't. He really likes to stick his nose in in the running game, at least the, the games oh, that that's, I've seen. Darius Rush does as well. Okay, Darius and, Rush and loves to be physical. He loves to get up there. He's not afraid of contact. Like I haven't watched a whole lot of Rush. I've only seen a little bit, and there were times where it looked like he gave up on it a little bit. So I, that's why I want to go with Tyreek Stevenson. I have a little bit more background there. I'm fine with Darius Rush, though. There's nothing wrong with this. He, like I said, he popped out at the Senior Bowl and really shined in his ability to play in off coverage for the most part. So I, I'm there with you. We could go with Darius. He does. He does have to improve his press technique a little bit. He is much yeah. better off, but. I'm fine with that because you have Patrick Sertan, who's probably the best technician when it comes to press in the NFL. Well, and so I, and, I'm fine with that. You can pick things. You can you can use that to build Rush up a little bit. Well, and, and the the thing is, is most of Darius Rush's technical concerns, from what I understand, and his press technique is just his hand placement and the physicality yeah. in his upper body. With Tyree Stevenson, he doesn't have the fluid hips to play an off. Like he has to play in man. He doesn't have the change of direction ability that you like to see. From guys that that play off the ball, I'm with you here. I'm the, the more I think through it, the more that I, I kind of understand the conversation here. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you. Darius Rush would probably be the guy here. Um, we got Zachary Garner jumping in here with a two dollar super chat saying, "I got you, boys. Keep up the great work." And thank you, Zachary, for jumping in again as well. Um, also, we have Jody Moncrief jumping in, who was our Facebook user that we couldn't see his name, saying that coaching was the problem. Uh, hard to disagree with that. Um, Everything was the problem. Like, yeah. it wasn't just coaching. It wasn't just Russell Wilson. It was everything. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that Russell Wilson, and you don't have to listen to me, but you can sit there and turn on almost any ESPN analyst and everybody and other people who break down film, and they'll tell you Russell Wilson wanted to be Drew Brees, and he's not Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And he d- helped design the scheme, which is well-known fact, for him to be Brees, and it didn't work out. Maybe going back to being who he is as a player could help him bounce back a little bit and the coaching fault here is that they just let him do it unchecked, really, and just never back down from it. Coaching right. was a significant issue. Not saying it wasn't. It's just it wasn't just one thing. Yeah. Chris Gross jumping in here saying, take Eli Ricks and reunite the Bama boys. Um, Eric, you might have to correct me if I'm wrong here, but didn't Ricks transfer to Alabama after Sertan was drafted? Uh, I, I'm I not entirely sure off the top of my head. I think that's right. Unless I'm thinking of yeah, yes, Eli, yeah. yeah, Eli Ricks was the LSU kid that transferred to Alabama. And mm-hmm. it was after Passer Tan. So they hadn't actually played together. I, I like the idea here. I, I like Eli Ricks a lot, but at the same time, there's there's a lot of issues with him, man. He is super inconsistent. They're uh inconsistent with his technique, inconsistent 
inconsistent with his physicality, inconsistent with his ball skills, um, inconsistent with his attitude. Like there's a lot of player, there's a lot of talk coming out that I've heard of Eli Ricks being kind of a bad apple in the locker room. Um, so that to me is a, I, I don't know on that. Eric, what do you think Eli Ricks and, and Pat Sertan? Like, I, 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 mean, get, I, think, I, get, I get the thinking behind it. I think it'd be a fine pairing. Um, but the but no, they didn't play together. Um, they went against each other. Ricks is Ricks is gonna need time. I like I like the upside. Mm-hmm. He to me as a prospect is what everybody thinks Keely Ringo is. He's not as great of an athlete as he is, <laughs> yeah. but he's good and he's got a good technical foundation with football, um, with being a football player. So I like Ricks. Um and I wouldn't mind pairing. I think he's got good versatility to play zone and man, play off and press. Um, just going to need time to get the development down a little bit and deal with the the concerns there are with who he is as a person. Um, Michael Ronquillo, I went in ahead and locked in Darius Rush. Um, and he asks about any wide receivers still in the mock draft. So I have wide receivers pulled up. Dontavian Wicks, um, interesting prospect. Just ball security and drops. Just Every almost every game, it feels game it feels him. like fifty percent of his catches or targets he drops or fumbles. That's what it feels like when I watched him. Mm-hmm. Um, just not the guy for me. Um, Puka Nakua, I mean, he's a really good route runner. Um, if Denver did trade on trade away Cortland Sutton for additional draft cop draft capital, I wouldn't mind looking his way. But I look at this knowing with KJ Hamler's injury history. And trying to find, they I know they want explosion. They want explosive playmaking ability. And I see Nathaniel Tank Dell sitting right there. Might be a little like little early for me, but if you want explosive ability here, that's definitely an option. But there are plenty of other positions that are worth looking at as well. Yeah, Tank Dell, man. I'm I'm starting to get kind of shell shocked with the small, quick twitch athletic receivers that are going high in drafts. Like we, we watched it with Calvin Austin. Uh, we watched it with uh, uh, Tutu Atwell this last this last season. We watched it with Dre Archer a few seasons ago coming out of Toledo. We've we've seen this. We've seen this archetype. The the five foot eight, 175, 185 pound player that is super electric with the with the football in his hands and has all this twitch and all this explosiveness but then they get to the to the nfl level and they get hurt and they never show up again tank dell i like the player i think that his skill set is dynamic it's super electric he's a great punt returner as well um decent route runner for for what he is everyone wants to just call him this deep threat but he's actually a pretty decent route runner but he's not tyreek hill i i have some concerns with no, tank dell and, and it goes back to it goes back to the the two two Atwells, the Calvin Austins, the the Dre Archers of of this of the, the past what five six years, like the smaller wide receivers, KJ Hamler even, and KJ Hamler's bigger than than uh, Tank Dell is, and he's is consistently injured every single year. He's he's had injuries, so to me, I would avoid that for the the size concerns alone. Although I do like the player a lot, and and that's not to say that I, I'm hoping or wishing or even thinking that Tank Dell is going to get injured. We've just seen too much of a a prior history of that for me to really make that a priority to me. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you get him the seventh round, sure. Oh, like if you want him, you're gonna have to take him all before that. Um, and getting and being shell shocked to the size, it's understandable. But it's this still goes back to this thing. It's like all Ohio State quarterbacks will fail because mm-hmm. we haven't had one successful yet. Yep. All body types doesn't mean that they're gonna fail. Right. You scout the individual player, and Nathaniel mm-hmm. and Tank Dell is significantly better than a lot of those guys as a prospect than the ones you named. Darnell Mooney, you left yeah. him out, mm-hmm. and Darnell Mooney, he's had success as a smaller receiver. Mm-hmm. And Nathaniel Delt compares quite favorably to Darnell Mooney. That's fair. Doesn't mean he'll stay healthy, doesn't mean injuries won't be an issue. It's impossible to say just because the body type doesn't mean he's going to suffer injuries throughout his career. No, no, that and said, I'm not trying to say that. That said, I am with you a little bit. If I'm going for a smaller receiver, there's a couple other guys that I think are are a little bit of a better fit, but I want to, with what Sean Payton has shown to like, especially mm-hmm. you typically want a guy with a little bit more size. Um, so I don't think Nathaniel Dell is a great fit. Um, mm-hmm. Real quick. Buckham hard. Isn't fumbling and drops all mental too. So fixable pretty easily. Um, no fumbling. Is, fumbling is, te- is technical, but mm-hmm. at the same time, there is also a bit mentality to it a little bit. And sometimes it's just, bad luck um just bad timing just there's a lot to it drops are a little bit more mental because you can lose focus on it you can get Mm -hmm. sidetracked with somebody running at you and that could do that could be but typically there are there are exceptions to the rule but typically people who have these issues in college don't get them corrected in the nfl Mm -hmm. i'd say about one out of 150 players who have these issues actually end up correcting them in the NFL to where mm-hmm. it's not a consistent issue. Um, so that was with... A... Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that was a consistent issue that we saw with KJ Hamler. I think he had a 20% drop rate coming out of Penn yep. State. And he has been inconsistent catching the football. It's been more injury-related with KJ, for sure. But it has been definitely one of those... Um, one of the bigger frustrations with KJ Hamler is his inconsistency catching the football. It's been better, but not great. Uh, let's yeah. get back to the draft here. I want to actually a uh, couple things. I want to say hi to Ryan Powell. I want to say uh, thank you to to Conga as well. And he he asked, uh, isn't is uh, is RAS score our relative athletic score the most important factor for? Uh, he says Peyton P A Y T O N. So Sean Peyton. No, it, uh, George Peyton. Yes, yes, very much so. George Peyton is a relative athletic score guy. He does enjoy guys that are high quality athletes that are also great football players. But uh, so thank you for that. Um, Eric, so, we're here at what? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Real quick to touch on that. Everyone loves athletes that can play mm-hmm. football. Mm-hmm. And it's just finding that balance. Just because somebody's super athletic doesn't mean they're a good football player. Keely Ringo, excellent athlete, still learning the football aspect of it. Some guys are some guys really take to the good football players that aren't the most overly athletic guys. George Payton, and I can pull this up. Um, and I'll pass this back to you a little bit while I finish pulling it up. Um, George Payton, he does look at it, and it does matter, and positions do matter, and everything like that. 
but it's just it's more than just the overall relative athletic score for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it, there's certain there's certain things that matter more for different positions. Like um, surprisingly, the ten yard split and the three cone agility times have a significant track record of predicting success at offensive tackle. And yep. it's understandable when you break it down everything. So it's it's more than just the overall score and just looking at the key elements and comparing that with what type of player it is. A right. if a if a physical downhill runner doesn't run a fast time hurting his relative athletic score, but he has that burst, he has the explosion, tests well in those, and um, has good agility to where his his relative athletic score is, you know, not over that eight point where it's a good stand where it's a good score. It's still a good score for the type of running back that is. So yeah. it all matters and goes gets factored in. Well, and I don't want to say that he's just going out to to like only target relative athletic score guys. I mean, Marquis Spencer was a guy that he drafted in the seventh round his first year and was was not a, a great athlete by any stretch of the imagination. So that there's there's a guy, you know, a decent player, but he does tend to have a preference towards those players that high have those higher relative athletic scores. So say we've got two safeties that we value on the tape um, at, at the similar level. One of them has a higher relative athletic score than the other one. They both fit. Everything's fine. George Payton typically does go towards that relative athletic score to get that better athlete on the field. Um, so relative athletic score, what is that? Um, it, it's a metric made up by um, – so this is Mike S jumping in here saying it's a, it's a metric that was designed by Kent Lee Platt. Um, you can find him at math bomb on Twitter. <clears throat> what he does is he takes your, a, a singular player takes all their measurements, their, 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 their height, weight, um, arm length, hand size, and, and stuff like that. And then he takes all their athletic testing numbers from the combine or their pro day. And he takes it and uses it's a weighted scale based on how, like your body type and who you are as a player. And then, takes those testing numbers to create a relative athletic testing score to teach you like how athletic is a certain player based on his size and going against peers at his position that are also the same size, same type of player. It's a really cool tool and it's fun to use, but it's not the be all end all in scouting. It's more of just a, a a tool to use to get a better picture of, of some more context of the player you're watching on tape. And real quick of that, um, Going going back to George Payton when it comes to the relative athletic score, he's made 19 draft picks. 11 of them have had a good relative athletic score. Um, the lowest one that wasn't the good posit- good side of it was Greg Dulcich. Um, but he's taken a lot of guys who aren't, and he's taken some of them um, typically, you know, for day three, which is fine. Like you can take that, ri- you can take those risks on it uh, a little bit. But again, it just goes back to um, goes back to different things because. One complaint I have with relative athletic score is it doesn't make a variation between a with with the body types, especially for receiver. And I think that's a big deal for me and cornerbacks where you have guys that a little bit smaller. Yeah, they're going to be slot. So you shouldn't be comparing them to guys on the boundary mm-hmm. as well. So they get slammed for having a not meeting, you know, the, having a high score in their size, but they still test out extremely well. They just get slammed for their size. One of the guys this year, um, there's been a couple of guys like that this year. Um, so it's relative athletic score again. George Payton likes it. They have their own variation of it um, that does factor in the different body types and everything like it. So something to keep an eye out on with it is relative athletic score. And the guys mm-hmm. we've taken have both been 
good athletes. Good athletes. And I can actually pull I can I pull that up real quick too. Well, you go over some of the guys that are um available with this pick real quick. Um, all right, so I'm going to need your help because I don't have control of your screen. But uh, you have it on the offensive tackles. you got Jordan McFadden from Clemson, Trevor Reed from Louisville, Ryan Hayes from Michigan, Earl Bossick Jr. from Kansas. Um, let's see, we've got Keanu Benton and Darius Rush brought in here. Interior defensive line cornerback definitely fit the need. Linebacker Noah Sewell. There's a guy that I really like right underneath him, and uh, Muhammad Diabati from uh, Utah. Owen Papo, a freak of an athlete from Auburn. D. Winters, undersized freak of an athlete as well. Cam Jones is a decent player there from Indiana. Better downhill than he is moving around, but has some coverage instincts that I think that he just got to unlock a little bit there. He's got decent athleticism, so I, I like Cam Jones out of Indiana. Let's go to um, what's the edge class look like, Eric? We've, we're missing out on the edge players here. Uh, Thomas Incombe has gotten a lot of hype from specifically um, – from Kyle Krabs uh, over at the Draft Network. He's not there anymore. He's actually with Locked On, um, doing the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. But Thomas Incoon is a player that I've, I've heard a lot about. I haven't got a chance to watch him. Um, Nick Hampton is an uber-athletic, uber-motor player. Andre Carter, another another big freak of an athlete, super long. Didn't test as well uh, athletically as everybody thought that he was going to. A guy I really like as a five technique, just kind of in-your-face, super-aggressive um, defensive end is Dylan Horton from TCU. Really long. I think he has like 34-and-a-half-inch arms. Plays to it really well, and it's just an unlockable – like this dude has so much – so much drive and urgency to his tape. I liked him a lot. So that's a name that I'm really looking at here um, at number 109. Maybe if we, I don't know if we have another pick here between 109 and 157, but um, 141. 141. Um, I don't think that Dylan Horton's going to fall that far. Um, that's a name I'm looking at here. I, I like the fit as well because um, you need that power on the backside, especially in this defense. You need a guy that can line up with his hand in the dirt on the backside, 5'7 technique, and just be a, an anchor in the running game. I, there's some technical issues there, but Horton Horton definitely fits the bill there for me. I, I like that. That's a, that's a name I really have my eye on. Yeah, Dylan Horton is fine. Um, but real quick before we go on this, the relative athletic score of Keanu Benton was 8.87. And Darius Rush was 9.81. Yep. Um, just real quick, since we're talking about relative athletic scores, it is something that I am factoring in as well. I'm trying to remember guys who are good of, good about it. Um, Jody Moncrief keeps spamming. Chris Rodriguez Jr. <laughs> Rodriguez Jr. <laughs> Jody, um, I'll fan, pass. <laughs> I'll pass on yet another downhill powerful runner that doesn't offer up enough in pass protection, doesn't have, if I remember correctly, the best fumble rate. I'll have to pull up my scouting report on him because no, it it's a it's a bad fumble rate. Uh, it's um, it's within a hundred carries, I believe. Let's see here. I can pull it up. Like, but like yeah, it's just reason. he's a big he's a big physical dude, but he just mm -hmm. doesn't play well. He has he has a fumble he fumbles has a fumble rate of every sixty seven point nine touches. Yeah. The huge. minimum that teams look at is one every ninety. The minimum. Sometimes, depending on the type of running back, they'll go down to 180, one out of 80. But, yeah, I mean, his fumble rate's not good. He really struggled at the senior bowl. Like, it was so annoying watching these guys who are smaller than him just look more physical when they in the blocking drills. Um, we'll look at running backs, definitely. It'll be a little bit later, especially, I, like, Chris Rodriguez, like, especially this early. It's just a no for me. 
I wouldn't mind taking a look at the running backs that are available right now, though. Like, honestly, Abanacanda's available. Um, yeah. I, I like Israel Abanacanda. Um, Sean Tucker, I'd probably wait for him. Um, Devon A-Chain, not, not going there. And, again, size concerns are a big thing. Uh, Gary Palmer jumping in your $10 super chat. Thanks, guys. Not a big follower of the CF, so glad you are keeping me updated. Go Broncos. Uh, MHH for life. CF, Eric, do you got a read on that? College football. Oh, college football. Okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking the, the draft. College football should be right there on the top of my head, but I'm a, I'm a moron, so let's just leave it at that. <laughs> um, Eric, so is, there, uh, if you want to go running back, there are two here that really stand out, and it's the top two that we have. Mm-hmm. Abanaconda and Tank Bigsby. Mm-hmm. Both of them have good fumble rates. Both of them are solid athletes. for their, I mean, Abanaconda is a great athlete for his size he and is. everything. Dude is well built. He's like five foot ten, five foot eleven, almost two hundred twenty pounds. Really good build on his frame. I wish he did a little bit more on passing downs. There were some flashes with his blocking, some flashes as a receiver. Um, he he has a physical st- running style, but he's got that extra home run gear. Yeah, I was just he, about to say that. So it's like he's not just limited to the power. He can break through and then take off, and that is something that that home run ability from the running back position, the Broncos have lacked that. I think mm-hmm. Abanaconda had more runs himself of 10 plus yards than all of the Broncos running backs that took snaps last year. Like, well, I know for he, a fact he had more 20 plus yards run than any of the Broncos last year. Like this dude's explosive <laughs> as hell. Like he's fun. He's really fun. I like Israel. Yeah, he is. And he just, he just tested extremely well. And then Tank big Tank Bigsby. It's a similar story. There's a little bit more miles on his tire on his tires. He's got mm-hmm. good burst. He's a solid athlete. But again, he's a guy who I just wish there's a little bit more that we've seen on third down. And one thing to remember is just because they don't do it in college, especially with running backs in the receiving game, just because mm-hmm. they don't do it in college doesn't mean they can't do it. We just haven't seen it. And his fumble rate is really good. He's only had Tank Bigsby only had has fumbled six times with four of them in 2021. Um, really good fumble rate, well over the one out of a hundred mark. Um, so if you want to go running back, like those are one of the two guys that I go with. Um, but I think it really comes down to Javante Williams health. Do you plan on getting him back this year or is he going to miss most of the year? Because whatever the case is, I know they signed Jones, the other running back. I'm, I'm not betting on a lot out of him. So you really only have Samaj Perrine. Um, so it's, you still have to add somebody, um, so I wouldn't mind going this way, but again, just the health of Javante Williams. Yeah. Israel Abanacanda, if we're going that, if we're going running back here, it's Abanacanda. I, I, again, you're saying, you know, projecting here a little bit at the receiver position, um, coming out of the backfields. I liked his pass protection a little bit more than tanks Bigsby, but they're very similar. Um, so Abanacanda would be the option if we're going running back here. I think that, um, I really, I really like going let's see john Gaines, antonio mafi this is interior offensive line guys uh Oluwatimi, um the the center from michigan um i'm i'm waiting around for him if i'm taking him at all mcclendon curtis is an interesting name athletic center from um chattanooga um i'm waiting on all these interior offensive line guys i i think you go edge here maybe running back like that's that's where i'm at on this dylan horton or abana canada the two guys i'm gonna oh, we got we got a we we got to come to a decision. We're 47 minutes into it, so we don't have that much that much time left. Of the guys who are available, one of the running backs are the guys that are the most valuable to me at this point. None of the edges are. The edges, I'm fine waiting. 
I, I wish we picked one up earlier. We didn't. Um, now it's just like these guys are just on that borderline. I'll mm -hmm. wait. I'm fine waiting to 140, 141 for these guys. I'm looking at a Bonaconda, Bigsby, the tight ends. Again, I'm willing to wait on the tight end position or John Gaines. Dude is a excellent athlete. One of the best athletes in the draft mm -hmm. on the interior offensive line. Yeah. He had yeah. he can play center. He can play guard. He's got the versatility, but he's not overwhelmed with power. And he can come in and he can compete for a starting job on at center right away. So it depends on what you want. Do you want another running back to add to it? Be part of a rotation in you know that already has a high draft pick in Javante Williams, though he's hurt. They went out and signed a guy, or do you want somebody to come in and compete for center? Because Oluwatimi also, he's another guy that, well, he's similar to me as Lloyd Cushenberry. He's a guy that I think can come in and compete for that starting job, or Alex Forsyth as well. Yeah. Oh, man. I'd hate to miss on a band of Canada to go for a guard that I think is going to fall. Because I, I think Oluwatimi, I haven't seen enough of gains. I liked, I liked watching Mafi, Antonio Mafi. I, I really did like watching him. Um, I don't know, Eric. You make the choice on this one. I'm going to defer to you. Out the running back is the one I saw somebody in chat say it. I guess we're going to Bonaconda, which is a fine pick. Like I have no qualms about it. Um, it just can be a little bit of an issue. Now let's go check and see everything. Unfortunately, none of the guys on the interior offensive line fell that we were looking at that we talked about. Dang. Safety, I think safety is still in a strong spot. Mm -hmm. Tight end, still really strong safe tight end group. It's probably the strongest position on offense. Wide receiver, again, I'm still fine waiting on it. Linebacker, I'm still fine waiting on it. Um, and then edge. Andre Carter, and we had a comment in here about Andre Carter. Yes. From KB. KB, what's up, fellas? How far does Andre Carter the second fall in this year's draft? What's the earliest you, you would draft him? Um, fourth or fifth round? Uh, I, I wouldn't draft him. He's Me just either. so lanky in his – like. He, he's so small on his lower half. He was He's easily bullied. And he had a great year in 2021, and he didn't build off of it. And the technique is so inconsistent and just has to be completely built up. I wouldn't take a shot on him as, as right now because he doesn't offer anything – or with the draft pick. I would try to, sign him as, try to sign him as an undrafted free agent. He just doesn't offer anything as a rookie to me. For a team that they got it, they got to try to find those hidden gems with their draft picks um, this year to improve their depth. He just he just doesn't do it. So do it this year, maybe down the road. Which again, that's somebody that I'm looking at for undrafted free agent. The, Dylan the Horton was, is probably the only edge here that I would be looking at considering. Uh, yeah, Andre Carter to me, it, like you said, thin in the lower half, not as powerful as everyone thinks he's going to be. I think he's a freak. He's super long, six foot seven, two hundred and sixty-five pounds, or whatever the hell he is. But it's all upper body, and there's no technique with him. He relies like solely on his athleticism to win, and he took advantage of lesser competition. Like that's, that, I'm not interested in and Andre Carter until until at least the. Sixth, seventh round flyer, sure, I'm I'm all right with that. But at the same time, I'm not I'm not making him a priority for me to take. Like I'd prefer to get him undrafted. And you don't know, I I don't know specifically. So someone may correct me on this one. Um, it, it, what's what's his status with the army? Like he is in he is in the military. He has a four year commitment to the military. He still has to could uh, potentially pursue. So has he been dismissed from the military to pursue his his NFL career yet? I don't know. I'll that. Put the change rules on that, and he can sit there and he can play in the NFL right away. If okay, I remember so, right. 
Right. I, I don't, I don't know. So I, and don't think I'm trying to speak out of turn here. That was a definite big thing with, with the military academies was, would they actually let you go to play the NFL? So uh, I'm with you, Eric Dylan Horton's my guy all the way. We got both the guys that I really like Israel Abanacanas here. Uh, we've got uh, Dylan Horton as well. I'm here all the way here for this. And I, I agree with you. I think you can wait on the tight end class. I'd like to get Luke Schoonmaker uh, for a little bit of the blocking ability that he has. He's a decent receiver as well, but I, I can wait. I can wait around for, for a tight end here. Give me the edge. Give me the the edge help that we need. Give me the power at the five technique. Give me the guy that is a really good run defender, even though there's still some technical stuff. That's the guy I really like. See, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to try to push you towards Jartavius Martin. <laughs> you want to talk about an athlete who can sit there and tr take it takeaways who compliments justin simmons extremely well mm -hmm. i'm sorry but caden Stearns hasn't done enough to sit there and be cemented as a starter he got hurt Fair. last year and his rookie season was fine but but also with Tartavius martin you have injuries concerns with your nickel corner quan williams Tartavius martin is a nickel corner coming out of illinois that's being projected to being moved to safety mm-hmm He's a, he can probably play on the boundary too. He just has excellent versatility on it. And of the guys that are available at this point, he's the last safety that I look at that's like he can be a day one starter. Edges, we don't have to find a day one starter. Um, you have to find some good depth. And I think there are still some good depth options available that we could probably get at 174. The only one name that I'd push back on you on uh at the safety position that I think could potentially be a day one starter. And he's going to be limited in his role. He'll be a nickel defender and a box safety is JL Skinner, but Except I, he, won't play this year. he won't exactly. He won't do anything as a rookie. Is it torn peck? Was it a torn peck that he had? I thought it was an ACL. I, I swear it was a torn peck that he had working out. Um, that I was a thing about Jartavis. Yeah. I didn't even think about Jartavis. He might, he might be back in time for the season, but yeah. then again, being injured is just going to hurt his transition to the NFL. I, I'm so I, – I didn't even think about Jartavius Martin. I wasn't even going safety at this particular point because the safeties that I like are already gone. Uh, everyone that I like to add to this other than Jartavius Martin because, like you said, he is a great nickel defender. He works so well out in open space. He's fluid. He's physical. He's athletic. He's everything you like to have. And like you said, they're projecting him to move back at the NFL level because he works so much better working sideline to sideline than he does working moving – backwards so i don't understand why that would be the case with him like projecting him to move to safety unless they're saying he's going to be a box safety that just moves forward for the most part um i like that pick i like that pick a lot it, like it, it's horton or uh, horton or martin here i and I'll, i i'm i'm good with either one i'm going with the guy that we know as an athlete dylan horton we haven't seen testing from him yet that's true um, That's true. So I, I'm, I'm got a concern there. Now, now I think we have to look at edge. We have to try to get somebody here. Mm -hmm. um, now there's a guy who I'm going to have to scroll down a little bit because for some reason he's super low on um, – where is he? Oh, yeah, yeah, Diaby, dude. There it is. Oh, no. Is he here? Yeah, go up. You just missed oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Diaby. I thought I saw him. Yeah. That's the guy. Like, yep. Yep. He's an edge. I'm – there's plenty of tools to work with. He's physical. He's willing to stand up against the run. Uh, I just had a uh, scouting report go up on him um, recently. Just got done wa re watching over him to refresh my memory on it. Um, published last night. 
uh, yep. or early this morning. I'm a huge Yaya Diaby guy. And there's another guy on here too that I like in Jose Ramirez. Yeah, the, uh, um, the Eastern Michigan. Except kid, that yeah. he is, except that he is Nick Benito. Doesn't offer anything as a run. Yaya Diaby, at least there's enough versatility there. Ooh, I like a back at Baldonado too. It, there's there's some uh, definite attitude concerns coming as a former MMA fighter from Habakkuk Baldonado coming out of Pittsburgh. I like him a lot, and you you see next to his name there, uh, two seventy eight. He's projected to be an undrafted free agent, but I think that he brings something to the fold in terms of physicality, mentality, and just I want to beat your ass every time I'm on the field. That I really like with him. But Yaya Diaby, dude, the fact that they have him down this far is actually criminal to me. Um, I, I like him. He's got decent length. He's a, a freak of an athlete tested completely out of the barn there at, uh, uh at the combine. And he, he plays a position much like I said, with Dylan Horton, he's that five technique guy that you can kind of put up to the outside, decent run defender, good, good strength, good leverage, uh, underrated player on this draft, uh, this draft, uh, network simulator. I'm, I'm all the way in. Yaya Diaby is the guy. As soon as I saw this, I'm like, that's the dude, that's the dude. Um, I disagree. I don't think he's more of a 4-3 end, but no. bigger than that, it doesn't matter that much anymore with how much hybrid fronts we get. I think he's better out of a two-point stance. That that mm -hmm. that's what that's what I want to that's what I want to talk about. Like when I'm talking about edge defenders, because that's the biggest difference between 4-3 and 3-4 outside of run fits. When it comes to as a pass rusher, it is are they in a two-point stance or in a three-point stance? Yaya Diaby, he plays with better leverage, he doesn't just pop up immediately when he's coming out of a two-point stance like he does at a three-point stance. And that's mm -hmm. a big issue that I have with him. He's not overly fluid of a mover, um, but he's got enough versatility to sit there to brush as a seven-technique two-point edge or put his hand in his dirt and work as a seven-point. doesn't matter. Or a seven-technique. He's going to be a seven-technique edge defender mm -hmm. that just is a little bit better, in my opinion, in a two-point stance than a, than a three-point stance. And you can, uh, you can play him face up, too, against a tackle, and he can still have some success there. He doesn't have the fluidity in your hips that you like to see with the bend and everything, but at least he has the ability to come off the edge. He's a good run defender, too. Everything I saw with him uh, coming out of Louisville, I just did, like I said, I was talking about uh, Cottrell Clark, the, the cornerback from Louisville earlier. I was watching him, and then every time that they went away from the, uh, from the broad view to the tight view, I was watching Yaya Diaby at the same time. I like him a lot. Like, I think that he's going to be, he, he should be a fifth round player. And that's what I believe where we're at is about the fifth round. And the fact that they have him undrafted in terms of the rankings on the draft network is just, like I said, it's criminal. I, I think he's a lot better than that. Um, I, I'd take him in the fourth, like easily. Uh, I just, yeah. I think there, I just think there's enough to work with enough versatility with him. Um, because you can even cross him, have him cross guards faces and get pressure up the mm -hmm. middle. A little yep. bit. Now we got to get to these last two picks quickly. Tight end, I think you have to take, somebody asked it earlier, you have to take advantage of how strong the tight end class is. Josh Wiley, he's sitting right there. He's the best tight end that's available. He shouldn't even make it this far. No. No, uh, it, a good athlete, good route runner, explosive hands. Uh, um, solid blocker. blocker like, yeah, solid blocker. It, like, that's, that's, a, that's a good pick there. Um, I want to see what the linebackers look like if we got the opportunity to. Off-ball linebacker, if you can. Uh, Servasier Dennis, he's still there. That's another player that I really like coming out of Pittsburgh. I like a lot of these Pittsburgh players. Habakkuk Baldonado, obviously. Um, you've got is Israel uh, Abanacanda. We took him earlier. Uh, Kalijah Kansi is a dude that I've been on since July this last season. Um, they they have a, a wide receiver that 
is coming out here in a couple of years. It's going to be a pretty decent player. Uh, like there's there's a lot of a lot to like with the Pittsburgh team. Savasia Dennis is probably an undrafted free agent guy, but there's there's some fluidity there. He can play in coverage. He's a downhill guy for the most part, but I, I really like him. Uh, Eric, I see you're going to the wide receiver. What's you've you've got a name here that you're looking at. What do you got? Well, I mean, oh, there he is, Tyler Scott. Tyler Scott, Cincinnati. End of the discussion. Let's go. Let's let's get let, let's get the the. He's a smaller guy, but this dude is legit. He goes against everything you said with Cage with Tank Dell. I, but he's not that small though. Tyler Scott's five ten, one eighty five. Like Tank Dell's five five eight. 175. One, one Tank Dell is tiny. Tyler Scott's bigger than that. Like Tyler Scott's he measured five ten, 177 pounds compared okay, to so five he's, he's eight and some quarter, almost five nine, and he's about only about ten pounds, not even ten pounds heavier. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I get where you're going with that on that one, but, but like, I I like Tyler Scott a little bit better. I, I think that just the that added size matters. It definitely does. You get two inches, two inches out of height. Like Emmanuel Sanders was 5'10", 185. You can add that that ten pounds worth of weight and muscle mass with Tyler Scott. He's got the frame to add to it too. That it makes it a, a much more intriguing option than Tank Dell to me. Way better, way better option. And you get him this late. Like I know, I know a lot of uh, websites, a lot of uh, a lot of places, that, a lot of people that are saying Tyler Scott's going to go in the second round. Like, he's a decent route well, runner too. So I I forgot to pause it, so the pick ended up being made automatically oh, no. <laughs> um but i can remember who was there I, the receiver that i would take was jonathan mingo okay yeah uh, the, like um, he's physical he's a blocker he's a just a do-it-all guy you can line him up in the backfield um he's a, scott is a huge fan of him and he always talks about him and he often mentions debo samuel type player mm-hmm. he's six foot two 220 pounds well built throughout his frame not overly fast solid athlete jonathan mingo that would have been the receiver i would take there that's and a, then rounding really it out, cool. like real quick, since we got to get out of here shortly. Um, basically, best player available. I mean, Tyler Scott talking about him. Corey Trice, if you want to add another cornerback here. Um, I really like Kyron Tri- uh, Corey Trice here. I think he had an excellent combine, did so well in the drills. And just adding another guy to that secondary, like that wouldn't be a terrible idea. Jalen Jones, I don't know why he's down this low. Jalen Jones should be gone in the third round. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. going to be 21 years old as a rookie. And there's so much, so many tools you have to work with, with um, to develop him. He's going to be loved by coaching staff. I would be shocked if he makes that in the third round. I'd be even more shocked if he was there in the seventh round. Yeah, Mekhi um, Garner, same way. I think Mekhi Garner goes in the fifth round. Except he's I, thin I like and yeah, he's he's thin and weak, but that's that's fine. The coverage versatility is there, though. He can play inside, outside, off the ball. He's decent in press man as well. So, like, I I get you. I understand where you're coming from, but I, I liked his tape enough as well. Um, yeah, if Ricky you want to go Stromberg, center, Ricky Stromberg, he's a guy who can come in and compete right away. Um, he's one of the few centers that I think can. Not much upside. He's going to be one of those guys that you're fine with him starting, but you try to find an upgrade when you can. Mm-hmm. Um, we already got defensive linemen. Ed Rusher, we can look at doubling up a little bit. If you want somebody to be more of a typical five technique in this group and add to the depth on the defensive line, Maru Ojomo is a guy who can do that. Um, Carl Isaiah McGuire is a guy who I think is miscast. He's more of a nose tackle, a thin nose tackle. Um, so Carl Brooks is available. Brenton Cox for some explosive versatility coming off the edge as well. But Brenton Cox is a head case. Like he's, he's, 
been dismissed from two different football programs because he is an absolute head case. But the talent's there. Like, he is very talented. I, I like the explosiveness. I like the versatility that he brings. I, I like the the physicality he brings. But you can't trust a guy that's been dismissed from two different football programs and, and take a draft pick on him. Undrafted, absolutely. I'd take a shot. Um. Anyways, we're on this out before we get out of here. Um, just talk, don't need to make these last few picks. We just talked about a few guys. The biggest ones are those first like four or five picks trading down. Um, I think overall with trading down, we got a really good return. We ended up making, mm-hmm. turning into a good draft class. We filled out multiple needs that we had. We secu- we put a, got added insurance at running back because no matter how long Javante Williams is out with all the damage he suffered to his knee, we don't know what he's going to be like when he comes out. Darius Rush, I mean, athlete that you can with so many tools to work with that can play safety or corner you got yourself another safety that you can sit there and drop down and play the nickel potentially playing the boundary just flies all over the field works well has excellent range and i think part of the reason why teams are talking about putting moving him back to safety is he has enough range to be a single high option and he's plenty of physical you don't have to worry about that um we also missed another pick it gave us trevor, trevor reed instead of somebody else that we were talking about um because I forgot to pause it again. Um, but Keanu Button, you round up, you shore up your defensive line. Uh, Diaby, you get yourself, you raise the floor of the edge room while raising the ceiling as well with that kind of pick. So I, I think this this is a good draft. Obviously, just the mock draft. We have no idea what the Broncos will actually do. But we're less than a month away until we get to that point. Yeah, and I'm super excited, man. Out of the out of this class, though, and we. I hate that's the one thing I do not like about the the uh, the draft networks mock draft machine is the fact that it has a two minute clock. So if you're not yeah. paying attention, it auto drafts for you. I think that that's a bad feature and it shouldn't actually do that. So unfortunately, we missed out on a couple of guys that we really, really wanted to kind of highlight there. But out of the, the players that we had there, obviously Keanu Benton, Darius Rush, Israel Banacanda, guys like that, Yaya Diaby, Jartavius Martin. Which of the which of the picks that we had? Um, in this particular exercise was your most favorite. I've got mine. It's Israel Abanacanda, just because you bring that extra versatility to the backfield. You bring that long speed gear as well. If you get him out in open space, he's decent and decent enough in his versus in his athletic, uh, like lateral agility that he can make some guys miss. And then when he gets into the open field, he's a home run hitter. Every time he touches the football, that to me is the favorite pick that I have in this class. And a big part of the reason why is because of what you just said, you know, you've got, Javante Williams, who is coming off that major injury. Samaj P. Ryan, while I like the upside there, I think he can play on third down and he's going to be a decent guy. He doesn't have that long gear, that athletic gear to be able to take the top off of a defense and turn a short gain into a long explosive play. That's just not his game. So to me, adding that speed to the backfield, adding more speed to this team as a whole is a really good move. Yeah, I mean, my pick, my favorite pick should be pretty easy. Keanu Benton. I, I I love trench play. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, it was hard for me. I had to watch multiple games of Matt Henningsen over again and multiple plays over again because uh, Keanu Benton was the guy who grabbed my attention. Been a huge fan of him for a while now, for well over a year. Um, absolutely love what he can bring to the unit. Really shores it up. DJ Jones, like he provides insurance for can do what DJ Jones brings, can cover what Deshaun Williams does, can can play nose tackle a little bit. There's just a lot of versatility that you get out of him that just opens the door so much for added creativity on the defensive front. My one concern is, can Vance Joseph properly take advantage of that? Which remains to be seen. 
But guys, we hope you ha had a wonderful time joining us tonight. I'm going to pass it off to Lance here, but we got to get out of here as our time is about up. Yeah, thank you all for joining us here on the Dub Valley Deep Divers podcast. Guys, please make sure you guys are following us on Twitter by finding me at Lance S underscore MHH. Again, new handle, guys. My last account got hacked. Um, Lance S underscore MHH. Really appreciate a follow there. Build my following back up. And for Eric, at Eric Trickle. Notice the CK and Eric and the CKEL in Trickle. Um, folks, while you guys are at it on the Twit machine, please make sure you guys are following at Mile High Huddle. It's a, that's the great, the best way to follow what's going on at milehighhuddle.com, including breaking news, film breakdowns, opinion articles, all of our draft content going on over there. You're going to find every link to every article posted on milehighhuddle.com at milehighhuddle on Twitter. Twitter, uh, Facebook's followers, please go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Keep the conversation going. We enjoy having you guys here on the live shows, but there's also a great community over on Facebook as well. So make sure you guys go over there, follow that link and enjoy in the conversation. Keep it all going because we love your guys' interaction. Um, if you guys financially able to do so super chats are awesome another great way to support the show is mile high or mhhmerch.com get your swag on guys get yourself a hat there's a t-shirt face uh, face mask a coffee cup multiple different shows multiple different uh, uh personalities and whatnot all available mhhmerch.com anything to suit your fancy there's something for the guys for the gals no matter who it is that's the best place to do that And if you guys aren't financially able to do so please the three things we talk about every single week, subscribe to Mile High Huddle. No matter where you guys get your podcast content, it's great if you guys watch us live on YouTube, but we do appreciate your support on Apple Podcasts, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, does not matter. Like every video you guys see, and if you love it, please share it, because without your guys' support, we could not do what we do best, which is cover your Denver Broncos. Um, Five-star reviews all across all platforms are awesome. Michael Ronquillo jumping in late here with another Stars donation on Facebook. Great show tonight, Lance and Eric on the Dove Valley Deep Divers. Go Broncos and Buckham. He also got his new Buckham visor, which is another drop over at the MHH store. So make sure you guys, MHH, um, MHHmerch.com. Please go check it out, guys. A lot of cool stuff over there. Eric, before we get out of here, man, any last words? Yeah, hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Um, and uh, don't get got by, you know, terrible April Fool's jokes. <laughs> That's right. That's tomorrow. Uh, I'm not here for this life. Not here for this life. All right, guys, you all stay safe and take care. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll see you guys same time, same place next week. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.